Hey friends, this is actually a Tamsin week, but it's Rod here just jumping in to let you know that this week, last Sunday, we did a liturgical week, which was beautiful, but within it there is a lot of um, kind of call and response liturgy and the response part, because it's from everyone and not mic'd, you won't be able to hear. So it turns it more into a beautiful, reflective, guided meditation feel of a week, which is why I thought it was worth posting anyway. There's a, a wonderful introduction from Tamsin and then liturgy where you kind of hear her voice and then silence where there's time to respond. And yeah, if you're interested, you might want to just use it as guided liturgical meditation. Um, my name's Tamsin. My pronouns are she, her. Um, it's lovely to have you here on such a beautiful sunny morning um, and just share the day with you. We um, uh, thought that um, on the first Sunday of the month, uh, we would like to, just for the next little while, play with a bit more of a liturgical service. Um, and for those of you who are familiar with the term liturgical, it just sort of means pattern, pattern of public worship. And we have liturgy already. Rod's already sort of pointed out that this pattern that we have here often looks like singing, even our notices, our safe church statement, sometimes our community prayer, little talky bit, communion. This is all the patterns that we're pretty familiar with here. Um, and some church gatherings have even more detailed patterns where every line is scripted like a play that um, a leader will say something and others will respond and it's all very familiar and so there's this big and then some fantastic church services just um, trigger warning all of it led by the spirit from start to end <laughs> and it's a free-for-all so you've got the beautiful spectrum of what we do when we are together um, and we often live kind of somewhere in the, in the middle there. Um, but we think that having this sort of pattern of speaking and voices and is lovely. There's beauty in it. And um, every now and then we would like to have time together that has a little more pattern to it. Um, and especially in our series that just talks about Jesus as a wisdom tradition, um, Jesus would have been full of liturgy or patterns in his life as a Jewish man, that uh, these patterns sometimes ground us, they settle us, um, they tell stories in the reciting of scriptures that we come together to listen to these stories again and again and they form us slowly but surely um, in some strange and mysterious serious way we come together around something. So we're not just here doing nothing, we're here doing something. Um, the, tr the difficulty of structured liturgy is it can be a little bit daggy <laughs> I don't know if you've ever or it can be um my experience sort of first church I kind of stumbled upon as a sort of a teenager was an Anglican church with quite a fair structure and I was just so put off by the dull voices of the communal speaking and I just found and I so I'll try and add a bit of flair but that makes you sound like a twat. <laughs> I just, then I, so I stopped adding my flair because everyone had just found their monotonous church voice, um, and which I 
that's a strong turn-off for me of just the monotonous church voice. Um, I didn't quite find my peace with that. Um, so today, that's invitation. If you need to have a bit of a, you know, collective speaking, if you want to add the emphasis, do it. I will, <laughs> I'll be right there with you. Um, so it's beautiful. It also has issues that, you know, that we try and work to. The other thing is it's full of words that may not be your own. Um, you're reciting words that has, another has crafted. It would be like if I put up a, a statement of belief on the screen that we would all read aloud together. I can guarantee with the amount of people in this room, we're not all going to believe that. We are going to have some reaction. We might at once have believed that. We might want to believe that. You know, so there's all the human reality of saying the words of another mean we're all pretty different. So that's the other issue. So today, you're more than welcome. I'm not going to record you and say, I heard you say that. That's You're bound to these words forever. They're just words crafted by another that we are going to say together. And you're more than welcome not to say them. You're more than welcome to disagree with them five minutes later. Um, but we come together continually trying to find better words, which we will keep doing. And as we do more liturgical services, we hope to find better words to express who we are and what we believe. Um, there will be a few parts today which generally, if something's in bold or in capital, it's for us to say together. Um, and sometimes there will be um, one sort of the Lord's Prayer that we say the whole thing all together, but other times sort of call and response. You Hopefully, my I had formatting issues, but other than that, it should be fairly self-explanatory. Um, and, yeah, and there's readings around the room today, which is one of the more beautiful parts as well. It's just our collective experience rather than the voice from one. It's the voice from us all, um, which I'm a big fan of. <coughs> so I'm going to start today by lighting the candle, um, which is part of a tradition that goes way back to just recognise that there is the divine is present always and always will be in the stories of the Indigenous people who came before us, um, in the story of this community that has formed and reformed, God has been present and will be present. We'll also use the words of two communities called Iona and the Corey Miller community of Ireland and some of their words from their liturgy today. So let's begin with a morning prayer. I'll read the first part if you want to read the, the lines that are in bold um, for you today. We begin our day alone. This is for you. We begin our day with trust. We begin our day with hope. We recall our day yesterday. May we make room for the unexpected. Help us to embrace possibility, respond graciously to disappointment and hold tenderly to those who we encounter. We pray for all whose day will be difficult. 
We resolve to live life in its fullness. May we find the wisdom we need. May we hear the needs of those we meet. May we love the life that we are given. Amen. Thank you. Um, This is a call to being here, to being present. We gather in the name of God's love. To all of us gathered here and those scattered from here, may we bring all that burdens us, believing that God leans in, is moved and affected by us, and is faithful in reconciling all things in love. Let's just take a moment of silence just to bring that which weighs you down today. And let's all say, God, our light, our feast, and our strength, be our truth. We find wisdom, and we're speaking in our series on wisdom, in our own voices as we share our truth before God. We also touched on that last week in just self-forgiveness. As we speak truth, uh, we find paths of new life and regeneration. We also find wisdom in ancient voices as they share their experience and truth before God. Let us listen to the voices of the Psalms. That, there it is, the voices of the Psalms. <laughs> um, I'm going to pass to Psalm 130. Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Yahweh. God, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my voice, my cries for mercy. If you kept track of our sins, Yahweh, who could stand before you? But with you is forgiveness, and for this we revere you. So I wait for you, Yahweh. My soul waits, and in your word I place my trust. My soul longs for you, Yahweh, more than sentinels long for the dawn. More than sentinels long for the dawn. Israel, put your hope in Yahweh, for with Yahweh is abundant love and the fullness of deliverance. God will deliver Israel from all its failings. Psalm 131, thanks, Thanks, Stu. Thanks, Claire.
Psalm 131. Yahweh, my heart has no lofty ambitions. My eyes don't look too high. I am not concerned with great affairs or marvels beyond my scope. It's enough for me to keep my soul tranquil and quiet like a child in its mother's arms. My soul is as content as a nursing child. Israel, rely on Yahweh like a child, now and forever. Let's respond together. Let us listen to the voices of the Psalms. And may we find, this is for us all, may we find deep peace, that of a child resting in the arms of a loving parent. Amen. That's a psalm that I um, sort of have never read. You know when you discover something very beautiful in these ancient scriptures. We, in our attempt to ever find words that mean something to us, um, we discovered this um, retelling of the Lord's Prayer from the New Zealand Book of Anglican Prayer. So the Anglicans are doing something. They're, they're rewording for themselves as well. Um, and so I thought that could be nice for us to read together um, the Lord's Prayer. You're more than welcome to read it loud or just read it in your mind with us or just observe as we read this together. Amen. <clears throat> the sort of idea of today of meeting places um, sort of makes me reflect of just the meeting places of the Psalms or even just our own voices as we pray. Um, we meet God by meeting our own voice sometimes. Um, <clears throat> but we also meet God through stories, old very old, um, and these two stories, these two scriptures today are about two times of meeting with God. Um, so let us come with curiosity to readings from the Hebrew Bible and the Gospel, the ancient and sacred scriptures documenting the experience of God from the voices of God's people. May we read with curiosity and wonder, with a small eye. <laughs> Curiously, why did I put that there? <laughs> what was that? Is that uh, oh, Sam. Sam's got Sam. You're... Go 
God, is that you? <laughs> 1 Samuel 3, 1 to 10. Now young Samuel was in the service of Yahweh under Eli. In those days, the voice of Yahweh was rarely heard. Prophecy was uncommon. One night, Eli, whose eyes had grown so weak that he could no longer see, was sleeping in his bed. The lamp of God had not gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tent of meeting near the Ark of the Covenant. Then Yahweh called to Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am, and ran to Eli, saying, You called. Here I am. Eli said, I didn't call you. Now go back to sleep. He went back to sleep. A second time, Yahweh called Samuel, and he got up and went to Eli. Here I am, Samuel said. You called me, Eli repeated. I did not call you. Go back to sleep. At that time, Samuel had, Samuel had not yet encountered Yahweh. <laughs> Maybe this is prophetic. <laughs> uh, sorry, I lost my at that time, uh, and the word of Yahweh had not been revealed to him. Yahweh called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said once more, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that Yahweh was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, Go back and go to sleep. And if you are called, say, Speak, Yahweh, or your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to sleep, and Yahweh called, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Yes, Yahweh, I am listening. What was that? God made a joke. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Um, look. Go back to bed, Samuel. I'm tired. Just talk to God. Goodness. <laughs> so Luke 19, 1 to 8. <clears throat> Entering Jericho, Jesus passed through the city. There was a wealthy person there named Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was, but he couldn't do so because of the crowd since he was short. In order to see Jesus, Zacchaeus ran on ahead, then climbed a sycamore tree that was along the route. When Jesus came to the spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry up and come down. I'm going to stay at your house today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and welcomed Jesus with delight. When everyone saw this, they began to grumble. Jesus has gone to a sinner's house as a guest. Zacchaeus stood his ground and said to Jesus, Here and now I give half my belongings to poor people. If I've defrauded anyone in the least, I'll pay them back fourfold. Such kooky stories. From these readings, we see that God meets us um, and we meet ourselves. Zacchaeus met himself and found something better and altered something in himself to align with that. And sometimes God breaks into the drama of ourselves with the invitation of new life. And that invitation is ongoing and hopeful. One tradition of a liturgical service is that of confession which I struggle with, collective confessions um, and the idea of confessing one sin can be really complicated. Um, and, um, but it also can be life-giving in a strange way of getting used to 
apology, not for ourselves, but just in life that we seek to grow and that um, we are humble in the sense that we are not too small and we're not too large, but we're true to the truth. When we show the courage to confess that which disconnects us from God, from ourselves and from one another and from this creation, we discover that God has forgiven us and offers new beginnings again and again and again. It is a place of death that brings life, not death that brings shame or despair. With courage and in humility, let us speak of our shadow which has caused harm before God and one another. Not to bring shame, but to search ourselves and search our lives honestly and with truth for the spring of life. This confession comes from... again, sorry for the formatting, from the Iona community, and it's a call and response confession. Um, And it starts with whoever is the leader of the space kind of asking for sort of confessing before God and the people, I confess my brokenness to the ways I participate in harm to myself, to the lives of others and the life of the world. And the community, in this context, the Iona community would say, may God forgive you, Christ renew you, and the Spirit enable you to grow in love. And this person would say, amen. And then in the reverse, the community would say this, and the leader of that time would say this. So it's confession, not sort of anyone speaking as God, anyone with a microphone. It's the collective honesty and the collective vulnerability of speaking with one another. So Hopefully this isn't too painful a confession. Of all the confessions that there are, this perhaps is not too traumatising. But if we will today, as we say, these liturgical services, we're going to keep searching for truer and truer um, wordings of what we feel might be life-giving. So let's, if you will, we'll try this. I'll start. Before God, with the people of God, I confess to my brokenness, to the ways I participate in harm, to myself, to the lives of others, and to the life of the world. Amen to that. May God forgive you, Christ renew you, and the Spirit enable you to grow in love. We um, are going to come sort of, sort of in our final little time together <coughs> um, to a, a practice of lighting a candle. Um, and we do it as a sign of our truest self today, that um, if you would like to, take a candle um, as a symbol of this broken is a term that's overused, but as a symbol of just the true us that we bring to community. Um, it is not perfect. Um, it is far from it. But it is what we have. We are a work in progress. And that um, in gifting each other of our true selves, we somehow find God. Tell me how that works. I don't know. But it does. <laughs> that we find God in the presence of one another. Um, so today, our, our practice, our candle practice, is we bring the gift of ourselves to this space in the form of a candle. 
in a collective space. You're more than welcome to just gather in a circle because we'll be finishing up fairly soon after that. So if you'd like to, um, in a sense of truth, that we meet ourselves, we meet each other and we meet God in some great mystery, please feel free to come up and light a candle and come and form a circle. I'm always deeply moved by a community that can hold me um, and live in deep gratitude for that. Um, but it's beautiful to witness a community that can hold each other. I'm going to ask Sarah to introduce. A prayer of shelter and shadow. It is in the shelter of each other that the people live. It is in the shadow of each other that the people live. We know that sometimes we are alone and sometimes we are in community. Sometimes we are in shadow and sometimes we are surrounded by shelter. Sometimes we feel like exiles in our land, in our languages, and in our bodies. And sometimes we feel surrounded by welcome as we seek to be human together, 
as we seek to be human together, may we share the things that do not fade. Generosity, truth-telling, silence, respect and love. And may the power we share be for the good of all. We honour God, the source of this rich life. And we honour each other, story full and lovely, whether in our shadow or in our shelter. May we live well and fully with each other. Amen. final blessing before we go and eat and share food or go out into the sun. May you be blessed, blessed in the story of your life and blessed in the arms of God. May our light be strong together and strong when we are apart. May the Christ light interrupt us and renew us and we might, may we find light-filled places when it's dark. Let's all share together. Amen.